Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel. Today I'm with August 08. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you're born in LA? Born and raised. Yeah. Your the, parents from here as well? Or? Yeah, my parents are from here. Um, they're both from Compton. Oh. Yeah. My mom's from the, uh, from the east side. My dad's from the west side. And what do they do? Um, what do they do? Yeah. My mom's a nurse and my dad uh, works in radiology. Oh. Yeah. Where do you think you got your creative side from? Definitely my mom's side. Yeah. My mom's side is um, it's a lot of um, musicians. Oh. And like um, a lot of musicians and artists, like painters and shit. Nice. Like my sister can draw really, really well. Really well. Mhm. She doesn't really use it, but you know. Yeah. She's fire though. <laughs> She's fire. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music was played in the house when you were growing up? Wasn't. Wasn't. Not at all. No. Wow. The music I remember hearing has always been radio stuff. Like what's popping, um, like all the early 2000s joints. Like, but it was always from the radio or like going to another family member's house. But like, there was no ever any music playing in my house. We didn't even have a stereo. Oh wow. Yeah, that wasn't a vibe. <laughs> I don't think it was on purpose, it just wasn't inclusive, you know? Mm. And you weren't really close to your dad when you were growing up? Nah. Yeah. Only thing me and my dad shared when I was growing up is like sports. Like I played a lot of sports when I was younger. Oh. Yeah. What type? Um, I played baseball, a lot of football, a lot of baseball, a lot of football. Mm-hmm. We were good at, at both. We were really good at both. Yeah. Like all my homies, like we all played basketball, football, and baseball. I've always been terrible at basketball, but I'm I'm like competitive as hell yeah so <laughs> can't nobody challenge me at anything if anyone ever wants to challenge me at anything i'm going to take it on like seriously i love that <laughs> how else would you describe yourself back then growing up curious mm-hmm. because i always just wanted to do things that everybody else wasn't doing and scared mm. you know what i'm saying like young <laughs> And creative, but not knowing how to be, how to make it an outlet. Mm-hmm. So I would like take shit apart, like put it back together, like make shit out of other things. Like I used to go to the, um, there was this flea market by my house. I used to go to the flea market and get like old VCRs and take them apart and try to build things. Oh, wow. And like I used to make all kind of crazy stuff out of that, out of those things. Yeah. It was my wave. It was, the flea market, like, no one can ever tell me about flea market or thrifting. Because that's what I grew up doing. Like, that was my thing. And you sold your, like, creations? Oh, yeah. Did I sell them? Yeah. No. No. That's all I did. That's, 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 that shit was just junk. Well, you did drums and guitar, right? When you were, like, 16. Yeah. Well, I started playing drums when I was, like, three or four years old. Oh, my mom didn't really know much about music, but early on she like was like, "He's your creative and like, 
kind of took a knack for it. Like, how mm-hmm. to, like I was into it really early. So she got me, like, these little, this little drum pad thing. And then when I turned, like, eight or nine, my Auntie Joyce and my Uncle Starks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, my Auntie Joyce and my Uncle Starks. They got me this drum pad that had little the four things on it. And it was electric. And I used to play the man. It was this drum thing. I don't know what I, I don't know what it, remember what it was called, but at my church, I literally like played it every Sunday mm-hmm. for like five years. Oh wow! I was the drummer of the church with that. But then, <laughs> when I turned ten years old, my mom took me to the music store for my birthday. She was just like, "Yo, get in the car." We hopped in a whip. I didn't know what was going down. She took me to this, this music store uh, called Bellflower Music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, what's about to go down? She bought me this Ludwig drum, this Ludwig, um, drum kit. That was $500, all black. It was nice. fire. <laughs> That's how I started playing the drums seriously. She got me that drum set and everything just kind of fell into place, you yeah. know? Was like church and a religion a big part of your life if you went that much? It was... It was for them, it wasn't for me. Mm. I would say, because I never understood none of that. And not because I'm, I'm very, very religious. I believe in God straight up. Like, I'm a Christian, I must say, like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it didn't, none of it made sense to me. I was just like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It all seemed, like, very fake to me. Mm. Like, come on, fam. Like, every Sunday you shouting... <laughs> like you're like nah. Oh my god. I'm being I'm being like really honest right now too. So yeah. did you just read the Bible in your own time or like how did you connect in your own way? Um my own time when I was about probably eighteen. Mm-hmm. I was going through a lot. Mm. And I like I like I dug into a lot of religions. I dug into Christianity. Um every, all the religions you could you could dig into and, and get off of Google. <laughs> I dug into, yeah. and I found, I found myself back at Christianity and, and that belief and the beliefs of, of, of what a Christian would believe in, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially because I was, like, sick at the time. Oh. I had um, fractured my jaw from playing basketball with my homies. Um, and I had, like, vertigo. Mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy. It was, like, a crazy time for me. And, like, that just, like, led me to believing in God and... It, like, works, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I prayed to God, like, get me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was brought out of it, you know? Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Wait, let's turn back because that road's noisy. Wait, let me, can you sound this side? Okay. Um. <laughs> Were you into school? Huh? <laughs> what did you say? Were you into school? Was I into school? Yeah, do you like school? Um. No. <laughs> I wanted no parts of school. Mm-hmm. I have like an authority problem. I have the worst authority problem. Like, I was a kid at school that got in trouble every day. I was always a class, like, I wasn't a class clown, but I was always the one, like, figuring, excuse me, figuring out a way to bother each teacher <laughs> every time. <laughs> I was always back. 
And then how did you find Black Star album? Thank you for bringing up Black Star. <laughs> Black Star is a legendary album. Um, I found Black Star album. So my homie Channel Trace, shout out Channel Trace, my brother. Grew up together. I've known him since I was 11 years old. Um, he sent me a link when I was probably like 17 of this song by Dwelle called Open Your Eyes. I think it's like, I don't know who had the song first, Common or Dwelle, I don't know. But it's fire, it's called Open Your Eyes. And that led me to like digging into um, like neo soul music. Mm. And from there, like I was listening to Raheem Devon, listening to a lot of soul music, and that's when I found Black Star, mm. which had already been out for like mad long, yeah. like hella years. <laughs> and I just like fell in love with that album. And Taleb and Most Def just did something nuts on there. And shout out to Big Vaughn. There's this um, radio DJ named Big Vaughn in the Bay, who I just sat down with, and he was telling me how. He was a part of the whole process with them, I know, and the whole making of Black Star, oh. which is really sick. Yeah. Because that album changed my life. <laughs> <coughs> what age did you actually start like putting out your own music? Um. So I was in this group called. Um, <laughs> in this, you want to I was in this group called Planet Fifty One, mm -hmm. which. Um, it's very, very rare. <laughs> what, the stuff? Is it online? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hello, okay, comment. Okay, like on here? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, if you go on MySpace and you look up Planet 51, MySpace. you'll find it. Um, I, was, I was in a group called Planet 51. It was my boy, um, this rapper named Forrest. He's really, really dope. He's hella popping now. And this other guy, um, other rapper named Get It great friend of mine we were Planet 51 and I was the producer and I would sing what they wrote mm. so that was like first group I was in yeah first shot at music first music we put out was this during high school like uh -huh. yeah during high school because I was a producer in high school I didn't um I didn't um write but I sung oh yeah when I, when I first started writing, I was in a group called um, the L7s with my homie Alan. Mm -hmm. Winter, his name was Winter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by you became a man in Linwood? A what? A man in Linwood. A man in Linwood. Oh, that's where it got real, man. Like, as you know, Channel Trace, he reps Linwood too. Um, so. Linwood is a place where it's like, it's the hood, but nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where, I'm going to be honest about my life and my story. That's where, it's some hood shit going down out here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest about my life and my story. Like, we used to, we used to flock, man. We used to rob houses. We used to steal. Like, we used to do all things wrong because we didn't have. And we, we had to figure it out. So... That's why I became a man. Mm -hmm. We were sleeping in, we had to, you know what I'm saying? My aunt's, my aunt's house was kind of crowded, so we had to sleep in the garage. Oh, wow. So, you know what I'm saying? So So she was aware of what's going on? No, 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 no. 
no, no way. No way. No way. <laughs> we wanted more, and if there wasn't always enough, so I had to figure it out. That's why me mom became a man. Mm-hmm. And this was after high school, or? This was some of high school. This was some, like, after, too. Oh. It started in high school where, you, where we really had to start figuring it out. Yeah. Was it conflicting then? Because you're already a Christian at that point, right? No. Oh, you weren't? I, by, by my family standards, yes. Mm. But by myself, no. Right. I didn't really start believing in God until I was like 18, 19, like I told you. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was just like, well, either we're going to do this or we're going to be hungry, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what it was. That's why I became a man in Linwood. Mm -hmm. I had to either figure it out or I was going to be hungry. And then what happened after high school? Um, after high school, I attempted college. Um, tried that out for a second. I'm not going to say what college I want to. Can you say what major you were going to be? Eco-musicology. Oh. Um, I tried that on for a size. It wasn't working. So I stayed in college. wasn't working. Then I started working for the post office, and which, was, which is a great career in the American black family. You work at the post office, you're late. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. I was making $22 an hour. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and I was like, kids weren't getting that. Yeah. It's like, I was young, so kids weren't getting that. And that turned into a beautiful situation, like, balling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I could buy the fresh clothes. Like, this is back when I cared about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Buy the fresh clothes, got a car, you know? That led to me getting like a music situation from like being like having money, like being able to buy equipment and shit. Oh, so you saved up for like studio time or yeah? For studio equipment. So, so I'm, I'll break down the whole thing. Yeah. My first round of equipment came from, God forgive me, <laughs> <laughs> school. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give back. <laughs> I'm gonna give back. So. My school had brand new instruments, and they were they were getting new instruments like every three years. Oh wow! So they had these new instruments that no one used because my school didn't have a music program. Mhm. Mm they ha we didn't, so the program was over. So me and my friends, we decided to rob the school, and we stole all the instruments. We stole everything. They never found out. They never found out. Um. So listen, I am sorry. <laughs> when I'm balling and I'm on, I'm going to give back to the school. But that's the truth. I stole, we stole all the instruments. Then second time around, working at the post office. And um, quit my job and I saved up like three grand, three or four mm -hmm. grand. And I bought all instruments with that. All the, the instruments. Yeah. And then how did he start meeting people in the music industry? I didn't. So, I posted a song. I, so, I was in love with this girl at the time. Mm -hmm. Her name is Chloe. We're actually still friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was in love with this girl at the time. And I, I told her I was going to make her a song to make her fall in love with me. Aww. Yeah. 
Lol. The <laughs> lol. <laughs> and what happened was, made the song. She was like, oh my God, I love the song, but I don't feel the same way. Which I was like, fuck you. <laughs> so, I posted the song on, um, on SoundCloud. And like two weeks later, this guy, Sad Money, came across it, found me, and had his OGs hit me up. And like, they invited me out to um, um, North Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, my life changed, because now I went from singing songs on SoundCloud to like being with these producers who produce like Justin Bieber, Chris oh, Brown, wow. and all that shit. They gave me a place to stay and the music equipment to work on and me and Sad Money just made a whole bunch of shit. Like, so much shit. Sad Money produced um, Miss Calls on my record and he produced Father Issues with Channel. Oh, wow. Yeah. He also does all of um, Sabrina Claudio. And you did some stuff for her, right? Uh-huh, with him. How did you find her management? Through them. Oh. Through, through, I gotta say their names. Shout out Now Atway, shout out Nazri Atway. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam Messenger. Yeah. Um, they found me management. So the guy you just met, Jerry, mm -hmm. I guess now called him like, yo, we have this kid. We want to sign him, but we just don't know what to do with him right now. Because they were doing like straight dead center pop. And sent my stuff to Jerry. Me and Jerry like hit it off, and we've been rocking ever since. Oh wow! Yeah, it's been like four years. Mm -hmm. And did you first sign like a writing deal or like a producing deal, or? I signed a writing deal to um, writer producer deal with uh, BMG. Oh. It's his major publisher. Yeah. Yeah. And is that how you wrote for Wale? Uh huh. Oh. Um. Wale's my brother, shout out Wale. Was it always a conscious decision that you wanted to write for all these people and have your own project? No, actually. I, ne I really didn't have the intention to be an artist. Oh. That kind of came out of nowhere, really. Mm -hmm. So, to tell you how I made Father, um, I was going through a lot of things with my family. We weren't close at all. And I was the one being real distant, actually. And um, my manager was like, bro, like, you need to write about the stuff you're going through. Like, talk about these things, you know what I'm saying? And I just spent a weekend and I knocked like four of the songs out. Oh, four wow. of the seven songs out. And that's how I got the project. And then from there we sat on it for a while. And I had a session with Pharrell and Rich Bryan that um, Rich Bryan camp set up. Shout out my brother. Shout out 88 Rising Gang mm -hmm. shit. Um, and that like led to me playing this song that my homies Josh Lockhart, the roommates, and Michael Uzuru and Jeff Kleinman put together. Shout out Michael Uzuru. He didn't produce on the record, but he put the record together, like on some ANR shit, which is crazy. <laughs> because it was like it was like destiny. So 
I'm in the studio, Rich Brian Pharrell's there, and I sent it to Michael Zuru like three days prior to this. It's lately is the song I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sent him the song, he's like, for sure, I'm gonna take a crack at it. Then, fast forward, I'm in the studio with these guys. I get a text, he was like, yo, I actually didn't have time. Let me wipe my sweat. I actually didn't have time to produce the record because I've been doing a lot of Frank stuff, Frank Ocean stuff. Um, but Jeff Kleiman worked on it. So, I was, Jeff is fire as fuck. Jeff Kleiman is so fire. So I was like, tight, you know? Mm-hmm. I heard the record and I'm like, holy shit. And Sean, uh, Sean, who's 88 Rising, He's like, what, bro? Because he's always just like, what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I just got this record back, and it's fire. He was, he was like, who is it for? I was like, it was just one of my records. It's like, play that shit. Yeah. So we go into the main studio. We're at um, Conway. Press play. And everybody in there is just like, holy shit. This song is fire. So Sean's just like, bro, I want to sign you right now. Wow. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, Bar- and my best friend Barney, who, uh, who who wrote the song together, we're looking at each other like, what the fuck? This guy talking about. Literally the next day, my manager texts me like, wow, Sean really wants to sign you, bro. He's like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I kid you not, I signed to 88 Rising like a month later. Wow. Like, literally like this. Yeah. So fast. Wow, that's so cool. Can you talk about the inspiration behind Funeral? Okay. So, as you know, Duckworth, mm-hmm. my brother. So we were working at um, Paramount Studios. And the artist we were supposed to work with didn't show up. Me and Barney were like songwriting, doing some songwriting stuff. And Duckworth comes in super hot, like... I'm I like, man, fuck this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And Duckworth's never like that. Duckworth's super, super groovy, like, vibrant guy. Mm-hmm. And he's telling us the situation. And we're like, bro, like, fuck, like, fuck that. Like, don't even let that get you down. He was just like, I'm tired of motherfuckers not saying shit to my face. Like, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And that's why I just thought about it. I was just like, I got, I got the idea for the song, but I don't want to, do, I don't want to, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean you're scared? I was like, the, so we should write a song called um, called Funeral. Don't say that my funeral. Say it to me now. And I don't I don't like death. I don't play with mm-hmm. death. I don't fuck with that shit. They were just like, man, just make this song. You never know. You never know. So me and Barney wrote the song. And this is like June 6th last year. I remember the exact date because I just saw the file the other day. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. um, this is late in the process of making this record. Um, we had already turned it in, actually. Um, and we just wrote it out. And it was all because Duckworth really was just like, Yo, I'm in a bad place, and then that shit made us all think about our families. Mm. It made us all think about our situations. My situation being with my father, Barney's being with his mother. You know what I'm saying? And that's why Duckworth's on the record. You hear him on the record talking shit. 
because he was pissed. Oh. I don't know. I don't think no anyone knows it's Duckworth. Yeah. But Duckworth's on the record saying like, it's like a little breakdown part where he's basically saying like, fuck everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you wrote? Um, they've become way more personal. Um, they went from being super, super poppy and just like, I want to hit record, I want to make a smash, I want to make a smash, so like, this is how my life is and this is what I want people to, to know me for, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Because people get to really see how I feel, you know? Mm -hmm. As opposed to me writing a song where it's just like, writing or producing a song where it's just like, we're about to make a hell of a lot of money. Which is not always a good, a good thing. Mm -hmm. How do you say you've grown as a person since you were younger? Become more calm. Um, I understand the way my emotions work more. And that you can't suppress them or compress them because that just leads to a whole slur of bad shit happening to you. Yeah. Other than your relationship with your father, what would you say have been your biggest challenges? Um, Self-awareness. Knowing um, Knowing when it's time for a change in my life. Mm. Because I'm such a Capricorn. Once I get stuck in a task. Yeah. I kind of like. I'm also a Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of drill at that thing. Mm -hmm. Until it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what does love mean to you? Oh, man. Right now I'm so numb. Mm. So. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm so numb. Even if I wanted to be in a relationship, I couldn't be. Mm. I'm just too numb right now. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? <sighs> what do I want to be remembered for? That's a tough-ass question. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Fire-ass music and smart decisions. I love that. Thank you so much. This is awesome. You saw that beat? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Bye guys.